Welcome to As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. Today we welcome back to the podcast Nat Fitzgerald from Spaceships. Spaceships will release Ruins on March 24th via Friend Club Records. Nat talks about the perspective shift that came with releasing music during the pandemic, the near-death experience that inspired his solo record, how political and social changes influenced his writing on Ruins, and a lot more. It was really great getting to reconnect with Nat, and I hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation. Yeah, somehow, you know, the baby's gone and I'm still waking up at seven o'clock. Yeah. I'm like, even though I'm, you know, I was up till one or one thirty last night and I'm like, why, why am I, why am I waking up at seven? It's just, just a thing you got to do. So you were, you were last on September, 2020. So we were right in uh, the yeah. midst of lockdowns and COVID and going nowhere. Yeah. What was that experience like of putting music out in, in the pandemic and and just having it sit there it was really weird because we had like all these big plans for like 2019 and 2020 and we uh we recorded tiny fires and pillars the album that came out in 2020 mm-hmm. and uh, tiny fires is our ep that came out in 2019 we recorded those across the same two weekends and then we were uh working on what became Retrouvé, the split that we released mm-hmm. uh, this past November. And the plan was to release them all like in a burst, yeah, just like really fast. And so we released uh, Tiny Fires in October 2019. And the plan was to sort of like tour on that and like play shows on that and push that really hard so we could save up money for this full length that we weren't going to tell anybody we were working on. And then we would just drop this surprise release. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then, you know, in between there, we would have had the split that we put out with. Uh, we had a few other bands that had <laughs> come and gone uh, before we found Analecta. Um, we should have asked them in this place. We've been great friends with them for the whole lifetime of the band. Um, but we you know so the plan for the for the pillars was just to be like this kind of like capitalization of all this momentum that we've moved mm-hmm. on and like you know we have the ep we have the split and now surprise there's a full length that we're really proud of and we think is our best work but everything stopped a few months before that and so um you know that affected everything so it affected uh you know our friend who was mixing it uh, mm-hmm. He couldn't mix it quite as well because he had to take other jobs that were paying a little bit more than we were probably. Not that we were paying him a you know yeah. a, a bad rate, but you know he's also in, he was already in the midst of an interstate move, and then <laughs> you know now the pandemic hits and everybody's life is thrown into chaos. Um, and you know we were going to have a tour. We had we were working on scheduling a tour right before 
everything shut down. And, you know, it's, you can't really do that anymore. Yeah. Like, even, even when people were doing shows again, you, still touring wasn't really happening, you know, because no. one thing happens, one date has a cancellation, or one promoter gets sick, and then it's just, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of stranded with whatever. And so, um, what ended up happening was that Pillars was released almost entirely into an online space that mm -hmm. was uh, entirely, uh, maybe not entirely removed from the local scene that we've spent our whole time playing in. Because uh, we don't do a whole lot outside of South Bend. Um, we're all busy guys. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've got uh, jobs and families and you know things like that and so it's it's hard for us to play out and you know we'll, we've done a few day shots here and there and played a couple festivals but other than that you know it's mostly just a, a pretty local crowd that we've been playing to but so then when we released Pillars um, we uh, were brought onto Friend Club Records uh, in He's based out of Buffalo. I actually have never met Rob in real life. <laughs> We've been in a group chat for five years together. Um, but, uh, you know, and then he's the roster there is, you know, there's bands from Germany and Norway mm -hmm. and Russia and Ukraine and L.A. and, you know, everywhere, just just all over the globe. And so we released this album to what suddenly became a much wider niche audience yeah because you know we have our niche audience here <laughs> but, but you know finding those people outside of there um it, it was really interesting but then it also allowed the time to do things that i might not have done with an album release so uh with all the times that we spent not playing shows i uh edited together a like a visual companion to the album mm -hmm. Uh, that's up on YouTube, and it's also we have a VHS for sale that has. I think we only have like two copies left, though. Nice. Um, yeah, but then kind of this whole like visual project to go along with it, not necessarily like a like a music video, like a extended music collage, mm -hmm. probably. Um, you know, and then just focusing on other ways to uh, promote this, and so you know, we did live streams, and you know, we started pushing on our YouTube channel, which was always kind of there, but just kind of whatever. And then, you know, doing playthrough videos instead of shows and, you know, making memes on TikTok instead of mm -hmm. whatever else. That was a, that was a weird, that was a weird entire asset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like this push for creativity. It's like, okay, I can't go play this and show this to people live. So how do I create, yeah that momentum of touring but in an online space that's unique and captures specific attentions <laughs> yes yeah exactly so it's it's weird because that sort of stuff is all it, it had already been happening pre-pandemic mm -hmm. you know you've already needed to um do some sort of finesse with your online presence in order to catch attention um there's a band, um, Embracer, out of West Virginia that played in my living room to like eight people <laughs> in <laughs> 2019, 2018. Um, everybody bought something though, so they were like totally fine with it. Yeah. Like, we were talking about it afterwards, and I had, and they actually had a date 
I thought that it was like a tour that they were on. It ended up being a one shot because there was another weekend show oh, that wow. got canceled. And so they just drove out from West Virginia and then drove home. Oh, shit. Um, and so I like apologized to them that like fewer people, not as many people came out. He was like, no, everybody, you know, everybody was really supportive. Everybody bought something. And like at this point, like if you're a, if you're a touring band, you're more like a, a T-shirt company than you are right. making music. And so. Uh, you know, you've that's already had been happening, mm-hmm. but just trying to adapt that further to okay, what can you do that you know, if if you can't do the show part, if you just have you know the different merchandise that you have, and if you just have the uh, different web presence that you can build on there, uh, how can you best leverage is like a very uh carnal word for it I <laughs> it's pretty, almost vulgar to, to, to leverage those things to uh making you te- getting your attention as a band yeah but you know it's it's what happens so yeah like did that shift as you you know you put out the split ep and you have this new full length coming out did that shift in how you approach these records and releasing them i mean the split kind of dropped just out of thin air. I mean, I'm not on social media, so maybe there was a big campaign and I missed it because I just like get Bandcamp notifications. I'm like, oh shit, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was kind of it was kind of out of thin air. So we had worked on our side of it um, for for a while. These songs had existed for a bit. The first uh, demo for Gaze, which is the first track on there. Um, I found it on my <laughs> I found it on my Tumblr recently. Oh, wow. And it's like 2011 or something like that is the very first demo. Um and it was really the first song that I wrote that I actually had like a pretty sizable pedal board for instead mm-hmm. of taking the songs that I had written on acoustic and adapting them to this ever growing pedal board that I just kept adding stuff to. And so that song had existed for a while. Uh, the final song carry on had been maybe eight years old or something like that. And there, these are songs that were kind of floating around in the aether yeah. on, you know, being taken off of other track listings. Cause it's like this song exists, but it doesn't fit. Um, and then, uh, the song enough was new, but, uh, it just was, you know, the idea for the last four years at this point or five years. God, it was 2018, five years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but the idea was that they would be on a split with another band. And so our side of it had been, the writing at least had been finished for a while. And then the recording, uh, we had kind of touched up and finessed a little bit and kind of improved the re- the recordings that existed uh, until it was finally time that Analecta was done with their side of it. Uh, and so gotcha. it was very strange for us because we hadn't worked on it in a year or so, a year or two when, when it finally came out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it kind of, kind of did kind of drop though, because okay. it was just like, Here's the thing that has been around for a while. It's just been waiting for a companion. Here's finally the companion. Let's push it out. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. I really like the EP. Like especially Gaze. Like the the mm-hmm. guitar sound phenomenal. The 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 drums. This interesting mix on the drums. Um, that I don't I don't hate. It's just yeah yeah yeah. I don't know. yeah. 
That was yeah. So that was the first thing that I have mixed myself in <laughs> uh, ten years, really. Oh wow! Uh, outside of for spaceships, um, and really the first full band thing that I've done that you know was because the first spaceships record was just me multi tracking for three years. Um, <laughs> But that was actually a uh, what's the name of the module? A Yamaha EA10. Okay. Uh, module just like clips onto the kick drum and then records everything. It just like outputs a stereo mix. Oh wow! And it's pretty decent. And um, actually, all of the drums on the full length are recorded through the same thing. But because it was you know much later, I had a bit more time to figure out how to <laughs> get it sounding a little more yeah. natural. Yeah. What uh, led you to the name Retrové? Uh, Retrové is a French word that means found. And as uh, I w- we were discussing uh, titles, uh, it was me and uh, Sarah Maloney from Analecta. Uh, we were just tossing around a bunch of different ideas. And we, we came on the idea of like finding something or found, like a found family or something <laughs> like that. And uh, that led us to uh, the word retrové, which, you know, is kind of tongue in cheek on our side because, you know, we finally found someone to like put out the split with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Sarah also has uh, gone through a pretty significant period of uh, self-discovery over the last uh, few years. And yeah. a lot of the songs uh, on the, I mean, there are only two songs on the Analecta side, but that's mostly the theme there is, uh, through that journey. And so, uh, also it's the, um, I, all their songs are in other languages, so I can't remember the title offhand, but it's the only Analecta song that actually has lyrics. Okay. Um, so it, and it's tied into that theme of, of finding yourself and, you know, under the, under the piles of things other people say that you are other the piles of things that the world tries to throw at you to keep you from being your authentic self yeah um so yeah that's cool that's cool let's talk about uh the solo record nativity that you put out during the <laughs> pandemic too i i've listened to this cassette a lot yeah. because i love it it's just cool to like put on and like sit yeah. on my couch and pet my dog and and it's chill so, out too it, it's so weird that people are listening to that <laughs> <laughs> well i opened the cassette today and i read the story that's inside for the first time this morning and i was like holy fuck this is dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah i actually went so when i was when ben and i were on the podcast last time we hung up and i was like why didn't we tell the story then because ben was the roommate oh wow time our guitarist ben in spaceships was living with my wife and i and uh it was christmas night he was out of town and my wife and I were watching uh, Return of the King with our other roommate. And there was a knock on the door, which was very strange that I, or, uh, uh, the doorbell rang, which is very strange that I actually heard the doorbell from the basement because I usually can't. Mm-hmm. And I went up and there was a guy who asked for Ben and I said he's not there. And so he just like turned around and like left and like walked down the street, like wasn't, didn't have like a car or something. It was like, that's really weird. Okay. So whatever. We just. Went back downstairs, started watching the movie again, and heard the doorbell again. And like, hmm. how am I hearing this doorbell all the time? But so I go back up and he has somebody with him. And he's like, Ben told me he'd hit me up today. And I was like, I I don't think that's true, man. It's Christmas. He's out of town, whatever. He's like, well, could you just call him? He said he was going to hit me up. And so 
I'm trying to like figure out how to democratic uh, uh, diplomatically get these guys off my porch. And I looked down at because I had tried to call Ben a couple times mm-hmm. that day, uh, and I looked. I'm telling them like, listen, like he's he doesn't have signal where he is. It's not something you know. I can't get a hold of him. Like, well, you didn't even try to call him. And so I just, like, kind of defeatedly looked at my phone, and I looked back up to tell him, like, no, man. But, like, they were already rushing in to the house, and I'm, you know, trying to struggle. Uh, and I hear one of the guys say that I was going to get shot, so I, like, froze up and then got put in. Uh, he got me in a sleeper hold, which was incorrectly applied. Uh, <laughs> he was instead just strangling me. You're supposed to, like, get the windpipe, and he was getting my jugular. <laughs> So instead of put, <laughs> knocking me unconscious, he was uh, getting close to killing me. Um, but then the, his brother, it was, ran in and grabbed uh, a bunch of cash that Ben had in his uh, dresser drawer that he was very loose-lipped about at the time. Uh, he was <laughs> always going on about how bank accounts are for suckers. And I had $8,000 in, in, a, in a bag in my dresser drawer. And so... This guy knew him from work and found out about it. Um, but I'm lying. I'm, you know, in my living room being choked out and just thinking like, and I, I didn't really feel anything. It was just kind of like, I guess this is, I guess this is it. This is, this is it, I guess. And so uh, he got, found what he was looking for and the other guy let me go and then they ran off. Uh, through the through the freshly fallen snow, by the way. So like the cops just like followed the tracks and <laughs> caught him. Uh, he was he was trying to climb a fence when uh, the cops hit him with a taser and he like buckled over the fence oh, and then a dog attacked him. Oh, and I'm like, okay, all right, I feel I feel better now, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a little better. But um, but yeah, but then I had already been sort of working on. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of those riffs and atmospheres at that point, uh, I had <laughs> spaceships pretty early on in infancy. Uh, we had been playing maybe a year or two at that point, and everybody else in the band was just super busy. Our drummer was working like 60, 70 hours a week. Ben was working two jobs trying to save up money to get married, and you know we just didn't have a lot of time to to practice or write together. And so I was like, I guess I'm writing a solo record. And then this happened in the midst of that. And so it just sort of informed like then as I'm kind of mumbling lyric, mumbling melodies over the songs and then the words are taking shape over it. That's, that's just what it's about. (laughs) And so, uh, and then it was probably seven years that those songs just kind of existed. Uh, I had, started recording it previously but then my laptop got stolen so i just kind of let it sit for a while till uh, rob from friend club records kind of kicked me in the ass it was like hey finish these i'm like okay <laughs> he gave me a deadline and i and i pushed it out <laughs> so and now now we have this wonderful little uh, tape to listen to yeah there you go or i do i, I imagine it's sold out by now you and, All that you and 23 up. 20 other people i think i have i think i just sold the last one that i had at a show oh, cool so you and like 23 other people nice <laughs> lucky me um <laughs> it gets played constantly i did it's, it's a good, good I'm little very glad to hear that yeah yeah you know sometimes things just stick with you and then then you realize they're they're 
horrifying. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's awesome. Was there, there seemed to me, in my limited scope, some momentum after Pillars came out for Spaceship, some like rumblings and talk. Was there any talk about like taking that and like, I mean, you're putting this new record out on Frank Club, so, but was there ever like, we should go for something bigger, we should try something else, or was it just like, we got a good thing going here? We don't have the sort of lifestyles that would give room to those sorts of ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one of the things that's really great about uh, working with Friend Club is that they uh, basically will meet whatever your goals are in, in a way, at, at this level at least, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're not trying to sell a thousand records and get a tour funded or something like that. You know, we're not yeah. trying to like hire Rick Ross to produce a record or something like that. And so, um, but for a band that, you know, we play, you know, a, a time a month and we want to play in other cities, maybe do a couple festivals and, you know, just write music that gets heard. Uh, it's, it's a really good partner uh, for just, you know, we want to, cause this is, this will actually be our third full length that we put to vinyl. And, you know, we've only ever pressed a hundred copies of anything. We just sold the mm -hmm. last copy of Son of Man <laughs> uh, last <laughs> week, and that came out in 2016. You know, and yeah. so we're not we're not we don't rush things a whole lot, <laughs> and so uh, it'd be great if it sells out faster than that. Yeah. Uh, Pillars is going a bit quicker than Son of Man did, um, but yeah, I we're we're pretty comfortable where we are. Actually, you know, especially with, you know, I have a six month old now. Uh, our guitarist, Ben, uh, had just had a baby in 2019. And then now he has two kids. Um, and our and our uh, our bassist also has uh, a seven year old. And so it's just like, you know, we can't really yeah. um, do too much more than what we're doing. And we don't really want to. It, it's, it's just comfortable place to it's it's the creating and the sharing that's is the the goal for us and friend club is a really great partner to facilitate that to the level that we are looking for Let's talk about this new record, Ruins. Where'd the title come from? Um, it was a pretty late addition to it. It was, we were just tossing around uh, probably just, we had just been calling it LP4 for a long time and then thought about maybe we just do a self-titled. Um, but a lot of the songs from it came out of you know obviously you know the pandemic it's i tried really hard not to write a record during lockdown and i tried really hard not to do that because i already am kind of hyperactive in my writing in that <laughs> i will he, i will write a part and then hear a bass part that goes to it 
or sometimes they even start with the bass part and like mm-hmm. I'm not in the basses. Like I don't know what I'm doing over there. But <laughs> um and I, I I wanted to get away from you know just handing all the guys a demo and being like, you know, here are the parts. Mm-hmm. Um and so I tried really hard to not do that. And so you know, I finished the Nativity record and I finished uh I I finished uh, <laughs> Bears His Teeth is a remote project that I'm a part of. You've talked with uh, Matt and Adam before mm-hmm. on the podcast. And, you know, at one point I was even trying to re-record or not even re-record, record my high school band's first EP that never got anything. Um, <laughs> Why not? I know. <laughs> we were supposed to record one day, but I got sick. Um, that's the story of why that never happened. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm trying to, you know, I'm... I'm I'm trying to keep myself from writing the record and basically time uh, quote unquote lockdown ended, I had almost written a double record. And so, you know, but, you know, all those songs, you know, were the times that we were living in, (laughs) it was a pretty, it was a pretty um, ruinous time, we'll say. And so there's been sort of a, a theme through our records like it's i i think i joked one time to like each time the world ends a little more mm-hmm. in our records and so uh the first uh, son of man right after that wasn't even it was written kind of abstractly about the end of the world and then the week that came out uh there was a pretty major leadership shift at my church that kind of shook a lot of things in my personal life and so then, you know, Pillars was the song, were the songs that came out of that. But then, you know, by the time Pillars came out, the world had stopped due to a global mm-hmm. pandemic. And so then it's like everything just keeps. And so then now these are the songs that are kind of built out of, you know, all the, the, the social strife and political strife that has come out of that. And so um, it's kind of just kind of the idea of uh, in Pillars is a track, Joy Pain. You know, it talks about when the world falls away, the pillars strong enough to stay will carry you. It's like, well, I mean, we're basically just walking through the ruins of everything else right. at this point. And so I tried really hard to like go in and add a line about ruins to one of the songs. It just didn't fit. But it's yeah. the theme of it is it's that's where the I felt <laughs> like we're living. Yeah. Yeah. You come out of a record like this and you're just like, man, I just want to write happy songs. For like, <laughs> I just want to do a happy record next time and just be like. Yeah, it's like the cure going from pornography to whatever the top was. Right. To then to then head on the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good times. Uh, post-gaze. You describe your band as post-gaze. What, come on, you're just making shit up now. What? <laughs> yep, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really, I mean, it's faster than saying post-rock shoegaze. Uh, the, really the really the big answer to that. Uh, but also it's we're not quite a post rock band. Yeah. Um, cause you know, we have a lot of the same sonic elements to it, but at the same time we have a lot of, we're pretty vocal forward. Uh and then also, you know, we have a lot of shoegaze textures and, you know, big old pedal boards that we're all using. But at the same time, like shoegaze I think is really kind of more laid back from like a from like a rhythm and drive so at least the way that I think about it. It's it's basically like pop songs that's just get fuzzed out, like the true true shoegaze that you look at. So like you take all the guitars off of Loveless and play it on acoustic guitar. It's basically Beach Boys songs. And so I feel like it's 
I, I, my bloody valentine especially loveless i feel like they're the exception to the rules like <laughs> i i got to see them live and they're oh so did they're I. fucking loud so good, like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> no but i mean but kevin shields is writing pop songs I'm, I'm... and i would love to write pop songs and gaze was actually a a pretty earnest attempt at writing like a like a my bloody valentine style mm-hmm. i had actually r- wrote that right after getting into loveless for the first time and it probably shows the first demo it, it shows even more there's flanger and phaser all over everything mm-hmm. um but then uh i feel like we just have a maybe a little bit more i don't know uh, not quite as accessible. We're not quite as hooky uh, as things like that. I'm not. I'm not quite as good of a pop writer yeah. to be a, a, like a proper shoegaze band. And yeah. the vocal aren't quite as buried in wishiness, which is something I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to get more buried under wishiness. <laughs> yeah, the first single you released. Uh, I, I, I guess it's out for everybody. Uh, Spill yeah. uh, with Ryan from Holy Fawn. How'd that collaboration? <laughs> uh we had written this song that was actually the first song that i taught to the band right before the travel and the shelter in place order went out and Mm -hmm. so we had one band practice in like february 2020 and we worked on that song and then you know as the pandemic is rolling on you know the the lyrics are taking a clearer shape and you know the song is taking a different form and I get to the part where I start writing the bridge and I'm trying to figure out what happens vocally here. And I couldn't get away from, I think this has got to be screamed vocals. Mm -hmm. And I tried a couple different things (laughs) and I'm not, I have as much like hardcore and metal as I've listened to in my life. I've never really done screamed vocals too Mm -hmm. much. And so I tried doing it. (laughs) I had several, I had dozens of takes where I tried to do this and I even like tried to like code it in a bunch of effects to like hide it. But I'm like, I, we got to find, we got to find somebody else to do this. And so we had a few ideas. Uh, our biggest pie in the sky idea was Dustin Kensru. Uh, we, I actually uh, have a friend uh, uh, from American Arson, who's a band on Face Down Records, who is friends with their like live manager. And so, kind of pass that along mm-hmm. and then just heard like he just, they just, he just doesn't do that i'm like yeah okay that's fair so like who's who's my next like unlikely just as unlikely but like what's it, who would i want to do and you know holy fawn is one of my favorite bands of the last 10 years and uh you know just everything they've done has just been so spectacular and um to tell the truth, I started writing Spilt after being right front stage center for their set at PostFest. And so I was like, ah, I want to try to do something like this. <laughs> what sp- so then I was like, can I obstruct the fact that I ripped them off very heavily by getting yeah. him to to do the screaming part? Yeah. And uh, we have a few mutuals uh, through social media. And so just reached out and it ended up being uh, much more attainable <laughs> than, I, yeah. than I expected it to be. I expected to be given a number and just say that, nope, sorry, <laughs> that is way out of our price range. Uh, but it ended up being uh, something that could, we could actually 
do. And he was incredible. He was a delight to work with, was uh, incredibly complimentary about everything and was, you know, sent me the tracks and then was like, you know, gassing me up about the song and my own vocals and things like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing all this? And so, um, yeah, it was it's just this incredible experience to to have him involved yeah. with it. Um, but then I did actually eventually figure out how to scream from needing to play that song live. And so then there are other screamed vocals on the album that are me. Nice. Because we couldn't, you know, shell out his feature fee every time. Yeah. What's also funny is that Ryan does the screamed vocals on Paper Tigers on the on the uh, artist in the ambulance revisited that oh, yeah, Royce yeah. just put out. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so Dustin isn't even doing his own screaming parts. No. He's using your screaming parts now too. So oh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> moved away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Age out of screaming sometimes, and he still screams on it. He he does. He's I've seen him live. He can he can pull it off. <laughs> Uh, this record was mastered by uh, Mario from Spotlights. How'd uh, yeah. end up working with him? Um, he actually mastered Pillars as well. Okay. Uh, and we got hooked up uh, through social media also around uh, PostFest 2019. Um, I, those two sets were actually right next to each other. Spotlights played, then Holy Fawn played. And I just stayed right in the middle and you know was right there for both of them and spotlights is another one of those bands in the last few years that has just absolutely captured my attention and so uh he has an audio company that he does like that's like i believe his main gig mm -hmm. and so uh i saw him posting something about hey like if, if you need any audio work done i'm like you're doing your own audio work for spotlights, right? Because that shit sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, let's talk about this. And so uh, he only mastered the vinyl edition of Pillars, okay. uh, which I wish that we would have contacted him maybe a little earlier to get him on the digital as well. Uh, but this time we did get him early on uh, to, and it just sounds fantastic. That's right. Yeah. Holy Fun Spotlights, two great bands. Absolutely. I'm absolutely thrilled to uh, obscure how intimately I'm ripping them off by yeah. hiring them into the project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Album comes out March 24th. Uh, you guys have any plans for this year? Um, We actually are in a, a period of reshuffling right now. We just had to get a new drummer, which is unfortunate timing. And I thought like, that's like one thing drummers are supposed to be good at. So, um, <laughs> drummer joke. Um, but so we are, you know, just, we've got some, uh, out of town contacts that we, there's actually a, a show out of town that we had to cancel, uh, because of the very sudden drummer shakeup. Um, and then, you know, uh, we're involved in the, uh, organization for audio feed music festival in uh, Urbana, Illinois. And so we're going to be there in some capacity. I don't know what day or time. Uh, three of us in the band, our new drummer also is, you know, involved in booking the stage. So we're probably going to have to like abstain from <laughs> that part of the <laughs> schedule. <laughs> so, so just that leaves one guy on the committee that's planning the thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we just want to, you know, play shows and 
get out of town a couple times, you know, probably hit up Chicago or Grand Rapids and Indianapolis. And so uh, we had uh, one of the guys from Trenches hit us up about playing an indie sometime right nice. after Spilt came out, which is pretty wild. <laughs> That's awesome. Sweet, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's cool. You're you're a new dad. So like in, in those early phases of uh, baby, what were you... Uh, watching or, or listening to that's been like keeping your your attention um so the baby has actually gotten me to enter into my first real true cure phase okay um there's a you know you're always trying to figure out how to get the baby to sleep mm-hmm. and there's a series called rockabye baby that does you know lullaby renditions various and rock bands and you know we've tried radiohead we've tried smashing pumpkins we've tried nine inch nails beastie boys and you know all these things which like yeah they're fun but also they're not super sleepy like you can only do so much to cherub rock (laughs) before it becomes a different song and that line is not before the point at which it's just still like a really urgent, exciting rock song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if you're playing it on xylophones. It's still this like <laughs> urgent, groovy thing. But there's a there's an album of Cure covers that really seems to do the trick. Like, so Boys Don't Cry kicks on and she settles right down (laughs) but um she's still at the age where uh you know we have to uh, be present with her for most of her naps uh either you know holding her or being there in the room for when she wakes up and make sure like oh you're still here yeah um and so this is playing on my phone constantly and as i'm listening to these songs which a number of them i'm familiar with you know i've I've owned a copy of Disintegration for probably six years now. I've owned a copy of Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me for a while. Um, Listen to them sometimes, but never like super frequently. Mm -hmm. But I'm hearing these little lullaby songs. I'm like, these are really, (laughs) I think I really love these songs. And so I, uh, the past week, which it's it's funny because, you know, she and my wife are on vacation right now uh, without me. And then I've just been listening to The Cure the whole time, which from an objective standpoint could look like I'm very depressed, but um, <laughs> I'm actually quite happy to be listening to The Cure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's also awesome. Also, Seinfeld. Baby watched a lot of Seinfeld.
so uh, Ruins is, you know, technically, I guess you could say like a pandemic release. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those things are looking at because uh, it changed us. Yeah. In a lot of ways. We weren't we weren't super nice people uh, through <laughs> a lot of that. And I am certainly no exception to that. Um, I think there's something about shifting everything into the online space mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, because everybody is splintering off into their own echo chambers. And then when they come back together, it just gets really volatile. And so um, that's probably the biggest thing that's uh, the the biggest through line through the record is that idea of, uh, you know, we have these deep disagreements, but for the most part, the source of those disagreements are very, very, very close together. And so um, the track Sinews, for example, uh, was actually not uh, pandemic inspired, but it was more inspired by a, a, a fight at a extended family dinner about, you know, different uh, ideas of theology and biblical authority and things like that, and different interpretations of scripture. And so, but it's, you know, just this idea is like, you know, you, these mentors in my life, these family members that have, you know, taught me so much about how to be a person, like these are the ideas that I've come to because of what you taught me. Now right. there's such deep disagreements that we're having about race, about queer affirmation, about uh, economics. You know, these these are the ideas. These are the things that you told me were important. I only got there because of the things that you taught me. But now it's become this great disagreement between us. And so mm. that's that's in the that's really the biggest and most uncomfortable through line uh, through the record that is on there. And so it's it's dipped kind of all over the place yeah. <laughs> through there. Yeah, I so. I. I remember after, it was like inauguration day for, for Biden's inauguration. I said one of the like most difficult things about like the Trump years was watching people who I love and respected and were mentors to me just debase their faith yeah. for somebody who was so antichrist and just be like, fuck, what, what are we doing? Like, Yeah, I uh, my grandpa said something in the Republican primaries before is like, man, I don't know what Trump is doing. I don't know who that guy is thinks he is or whatever and then later like he and my grandma were pretty outspoken um, because they were republicans mm-hmm. because yeah. fox news is you know informing them of one side and and it's like uh, you what are you saying right <laughs> my, my grandpa is a little bit more just but you know, just seeing some of the things that are coming out of of that sort of school and you know so many uh leaders that i had as a as a you know, in youth group or as a other older adults in my church growing up, I'm just like looking and I'm like, why? So I remember when I was in high school, the big thing was like relative truth. That's like the <laughs> big thing that everyone's warning. And then all of a sudden, like, because Kelly and Conway gets on and talks about alternative facts because she's supporting a Republican president, then it's suddenly okay to right. suddenly. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. It's it's just been a bizarre and very um bizarre is not maybe the word. Uh horrifying. It's it's been horrifying mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's uh sort of like a like a um there's almost an element of body horror to it. Yeah. Where you just watch this person that 
you know, has nurtured you and who loves you just kind of turn into a monster. Yeah. And, and so that's an experience that I had all too often mm-hmm. <laughs> through even the earliest days of the pandemic before everybody got their blocks and unfollows in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it just, you know, is just weird how different narratives take hold and can, mm-hmm. uh, can twist from the same starting point, really. Mm-hmm. You know, we, ideally, we all want the same things. We want our, our, our families to be safe and we want the people that we care for to be cared for. But finding where those lines uh, inter, uh, don't overlap, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the part of the Venn diagram that goes out from there is is a pretty vast and horrible expanse. Yeah. So that was a lot of where I was living <laughs> when yeah. I was recording, the, which is probably most pointed in the song Measure, which is... Probably it's, it's the maybe the angriest song I've written. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Do you find it tough to like just look around at these various people in the way like Republican conservatism has taken over evangelicalism and like r- remain like faithful and like carry that label of Christian or whatever? You're just like, I am incredibly fortunate in that of a healthy number of people around me who are like-minded uh who are disappointed in the same things i'm disappointed in uh i am on staff at a church with a board with a you know other staff members who were just as terrified as i was to watch all these things happen and you know it's i have people that i went to college with who are pastors in other places uh, who, who are in churches and other places or working in other ministries who are v- walking through the same kind of betrayals that mm-hmm. I am and, you know, and, and feeling the same sorts of abandonment from their own spiritual mentors. And, uh, you know, just finding that there are progressive Christians, there are queer Christians, there are uh, Christians who aren't insane that I can uh, have fellowship with uh, and talk about these things with without worrying about number one, losing my job. That was, <laughs> I have, I, <laughs> I uh, lost a youth pastor job. Not, I, sorry, not a youth pastor. I was an intern at a youth group and the pastor, the youth pastor suggested me as a, his replacement when he was resigning. And they were like, oh, well, he supports gay marriage. So... I'm like, no. <laughs> wait. So that cost me a that cost me a job then. Mm-hmm. Weird. Okay, but now to be in a point where you know there are openly queer people at my church that are welcome to serve on teams and welcome as part of our church and to have fellowship and are in small groups is just that is uh, not an experience I thought I would have. Mm-hmm. back when I was losing job opportunities because of, yeah. and it, at that point it wasn't even that I supported gay marriage. It was, it was pretty early on in that journey for me, but it was more that I was like, I don't think this would be the end of the church. Like people are saying it will be right. <laughs> and they apparently did not like that very much. Um, but yeah, just to have uh, other folks around who uh, can affirm to me. Yeah, this is insane. Yeah, this is insane. And I don't think this is what, uh, what Jesus meant, I don't think it was what the Bible means by that. Mm-hmm. And so that's 
that's probably the only the only way uh, that that could ever have happened. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never felt so young and-